Well, I was flipping through the news feed last night and I saw a story that said, hey, there's a big fire on a uh, L.A. freeway. And I thought, wow, that's kind of news. Uh, occasionally big fires on freeways. When Natasha first came from uh, Russia, we went to um, Las Vegas on I-15 from Los Angeles. It's normally a four and a half hour drive, but it turned into a 12 hour drive because I-15 was shut down for eight hours. The line was 100 miles long. But that's not what happened. There wasn't a fire on the freeway in Los Angeles. The freeway was on fire. There's a big difference between the two. You'll often see burned out areas where a car or something has crashed into something, and that's fine, that's repairable. For a significant section of Interstate 10, which is one of the main arteries in the city of Los Angeles, it is in fact the main east-west artery, the freeway caught fire to the degree that it is no longer structurally sound and will be out of commission indefinitely. I did not think such a thing was possible. I said, surely not. This is reinforced concrete. It just doesn't burn. But yes, it does. If you get enough fuel underneath it, they showed the support columns for, for the under, under, under part of this freeway, which goes through just south of downtown, and all of the concrete is cracked and flaked off, and you can see the rebar. It's, it's done. It's finished. As it turns out, guys, um, the reason this happened was because apparently, despite some sort of laws that exist in this place, uh, the city of Los Angeles farmed out something to some other company in order to get the revenues that allowed them to lease the space underneath freeways, which they stored higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, and higher with uh, flammable objects, and then coupling that with the arrival of huge numbers of homeless people, the thing was essentially a, 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 just a catastrophe just waiting to happen. So, um, Steve, I know you saw the story was on Instant Pundit. Um, I was a limo driver when I first got here, and, and if you close one lane or two lanes of a major thoroughfare, you're talking about a serious backup. To stop one-way traffic is, is horrendous. To stop two-way traffic is unbelievable, and, and there is no end in sight. This is going to require rebuilding significant miles of Interstate 10, and it's all because the government of the city didn't do what the government of the city is supposed to do, namely, make sure that you don't put so much tinder next to the freeway that your freeways can catch fire. Oh, it's it's actually worse than than you just described. Uh, not the damage to the highway, which is significant. In fact, I I wrote about this twice now over at PJ Media. I did a story yesterday and a another follow up today. Um, Three hundred thousand cars a day travel that wow. closed stretch mm -hmm. of I ten. Three hundred thousand cars a day that have to be rerouted indefinitely. Um, your uh, your your lovely governor was on the television this morning saying that uh, maybe the structural damage isn't so bad after all. Um, I don't know, but I want to talk about uh, what was under there. Uh, the, what was being stored under there, and you can see photos of this on uh, Google Street View. I, I put one of these up on Vodka Pundit. Stacked from the road at East Fourteenth Street to the rafters, in other words, to the bottom, bottom of, the, of the highway, the underneath of the highway, this is the underpass, wooden pallets. Yep. Pallet after pallet after pallet after kindling. pallet. But that wasn't the only thing stored under... Oh, it's absolutely kindling. But even kindling, 
burns a little better if you've got an accelerant on hand. And also being stored under there was uh, unsold alcohol-based hand sanitizer, probably in plastic jugs. What could possibly go wrong? Holy cow. So you've got the kindling, you've got the accelerant, and this is the kicker, of course, you've got a homeless encampment under there that had somewhere, nobody knows for sure because it's a homeless camp, but somewhere between 16 is the bottom end number for sure, but perhaps as many as 50 homeless people living under the living under the overpass next to the kindling next to the accelerant building their fires uh they've got their propane tanks going for for their cooking and all of that stuff it's basically i mean it's a campsite and i love this part uh the uh the fire chief i've forgotten his name blamed the fire on bad actors and he was talking about the people that stored this stuff under the highway even though they did it with a contract from the city of los angeles um he also blamed an arsonist well we don't know if there was actually an arsonist but what we do know is there was somewhere between 16 and 50 people who uh Odds are, somewhere between 16 and 50 of them were either uh, uh, negligent, drug-addicted, uh, with mental health issues, criminal, or some combination of two or more of those, right next to the kindling and the accelerant with their campfires. And Newsom knew about this. Uh, that underpass was one of the ones that, uh, it was the one that he did the photo op on a couple of, last year or a year before, doing, a, doing an encampment cleanup. Where yeah. you know he got out there with the for the TV cameras and all that. So he knew, the city of Los Angeles knew. This uh, oh, and the best part, of course, is uh, concrete retains a lot of heat once you get it hot, and 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 it, it was a concrete oven, is yeah. what that is what that structure was, and the miracle is, Bill, is that it hasn't happened sooner, and the other miracle is that it hasn't happened again, yet. There were reports it that it happened uh, again, that some other small, much smaller fire took place on a different st stretch of freeway. My response to the fire chief would be simply this. Uh, chief, you know, the, the problem with your argument is, is that there are bad actors in the world, and that's why we have fire chiefs. Uh, if there were no bad actors, we wouldn't need fire chiefs. But if I told you that my nightclub was storing wooden boxes surrounded by turpentine at all of the fire exits, you would come in and write me a very large fine. And this is your city. You live here. You you have an obligation. This is on you. So this is this is the government by um uh, what what I don't, I don't even know what the word for it is anymore. Scott they, they, they don't give a damn. No, they don't give a damn. They don't care. They simply don't care. Scott, um just as a as a aside to this, um Gavin Newsom, who, uh, as you well know, before ruining California, was the, the man who ruined San Francisco. Um, turns out there's going to be a very, very large Asian Pacific conference coming in San Francisco. Uh, uh, Xi is coming from China. And all of these homeless encampments that used to occupy just rows and rows and rows, acres of downtown San Francisco are gone. Huh. They're gone overnight. And in their place are strange looking, but, but rather tidy, aluminum planting buckets so that where the homeless encampment once was yesterday today it's a street that's lined with trees and plants oh. and 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 that's for when G drives by and when G is finished driving by they will take those aluminum uh, plants 
and, and pots out of there and the homeless people and the human feces and the needles will come back again. The reason I bring this up is because this is not an engineering problem. This is not a funding problem. This is not a difficulty problem. This is not like we don't know how to do it. This is not like the problem is too big to handle. It is, it is declined by design. Well, that's rather pithy, actually. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, Scott, the only thing I can think of that would make Angelino's vote these clowns out of office is adding two hours or three hours to their daily commute. That's about the only thing I can think of. Well, frankly, maybe, having lived here for maybe he's achieved that. And, and by the way, I am so excited to learn that we finally have our own Potemkin village. Um, yep. That is super impressive. <laughs> and I hope, I know President Biden is supposed to be meeting on the sidelines uh, with President Xi, and I hope they get a chance to saunter around that area and see the utter lack of human feces or syringes uh, and nothing but beautiful, beautiful plants. Um, you know, the, in Philadelphia, uh, not too long ago, um, a truck ran into a bridge abutment and burst into flames, and it actually, the fire collapsed uh, uh, an I-95 bridge, and they were saying the same kinds of things like, oh my goodness, how, you know, this is like, I forget what it was, 170,000 cars a day or something like that go over that bridge. And, and, uh, and they actually managed to get that open in 12 days in Philadelphia. So there's the benchmark, my friend. Uh, they, they worked together with contractors and the state and the city and, and actually the unions and everybody kind of got together and, and uh, and managed to bring in a bunch of like recycled backfill material to be able to quickly build, uh, re, you know, rebuild that surface. Um, so you know it can be done. Will California get it done that fast? Uh, I doubt that. Um, but <laughs> you know, Bill, when I came out to visit you and went into some of the buildings in your area and saw that the state had forced those buildings to post signs that carcinogens were contained Warning. in the building materials. Yeah, oh, you got a detectable amounts, right. detectable in amounts of carcinogens. The, and th Every building that, is filled with cancer. That has to be posted there, but nobody noticed the giant pile of kindling next to the giant supply of accelerant next to the uh, giant supply of erratically behaving people. Like somehow that escaped everybody's notice. Notice, but but by golly, uh, don't you dare light up a cigarette inside of a building, uh, you know. Like, anyway, it just it seems absurd to anybody who hasn't grown up or lived in that culture in in California, and uh, and th there is a solution. And they've had it before. You know, They there was a time when California was the envy of the world and everybody wanted to move there and live there. And now their boast is really that people want to have California's weather. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Like people want to right. see. No, but they're working they on it. They'll the figure ocean. out a way to screw it up. They want to enjoy the climate in California. Uh, and... and and no longer is it the place where you say, man, when I get a chance, I'm going to pack everything in my minivan and I'm going to drive out to California because I can make it there. You know, that's where that's where opportunity and hope lies, whether in entertainment or technology or even manufacturing and 
all those kind of opportunities. Uh, anybody watching this in California right now, uh, you know there's a way to get back there. Um, so you have two ways to go about it. You need to somehow persuade your neighbors that this is part of a, a long um, burning highway to the future if they don't do something about it. Or uh, you just have to hope enough of them move away fast enough so that you can save California before it bursts into flames and slides into the ocean. I came out here in 1988, ladies and gentlemen. I was I made most of the trip directly behind Jed Clampett's truck, and and he was directly behind Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel in the open top convertible. All of us coming out to California at the same time. Um, there there are two major takeaways here. I think. The first one is that it's okay for American citizens to live among human filth and needles, but if the dictator of a communist country is visiting your town, it is possible to not only clean that town up, you yeah. can do it overnight, because the fact that a Chinese dictator is coming to San Francisco has accomplished what the misery and, and, and endless anguish of American citizens, millions of them over the course of a decade now, was not able to accomplish. So that should tell you something about the quality of the people that we're dealing with in government. But it's not just the fact that it's California politicians. California politicians are by far the worst of the bunch, but it is, in fact, not even about politicians, about ownership. So let me just leave you with this. I went up and did a speaking event many, many years ago. I want to say it was in Washington State. And not too, uh, not too much earlier, but when I got there, a, a significant bridge, uh, like a, a, a steel truss bridge, had collapsed into the river. And I think it might have killed somebody on, uh, as it did so. So they told me the story of this bridge, and here's what happened. The bridge collapsed because a truck had struck yeah. the bridge and done structural damage to the truck. The top of the bridge was arced. The clearance was, let's just say, it was 11 foot 1 inches in the center, but over on the right lane when the thing is coming down, it wasn't 11 foot 1 inches, it was 10 feet 3 inches. And so a truck hit the bridge, and nothing happened. And then another truck hit the bridge. They say something like 60 trucks struck that bridge over the course of a 30-year period, and they could not be bothered to change the clearance sign because nobody owned the bridge. Yeah. 60 times this same thing happened again and again and again until finally the bridge said, you know what, you've hit me enough times with multi, multi-ton vessels. It's just like hammer blows over the course of time. Down goes the bridge. Nobody owned that bridge. That's why the bridge wasn't fixed because if somebody had owned that bridge, I said many times, look, you're, you're allowed to make mistakes in this world. It's entirely understandable that you measured the clearance at the beginning and you didn't take into account the fact that it's lower on the right. So you, I will allow one truck to hit the bridge. But after that, I want a new sign up there and I want a new sign up there tomorrow. And it never happens because nobody owns anything that is owned by the government, so nobody cares. So this is the world we live in. I think we ought to privatize all the things that happen in cities. Think about to privatize the freeways, privatize everything. It ought to be yours with your name on it. You've got a deed. This is this the six inches of the 405 freeway are mine, and, and so on. And by the way, just to, to give you a little bit of idea of what this is going to entail, the 405 freeway widening project was supposed to take three years, took 11. And while they were widening the 405, it was obviously work going on, which meant that they were narrowing the 405 for 11 years prior to widening it. It was eight or, eight or nine years overdue. However, however, 
There is at the very top of the hill on the 405 freeway going to the San Fernando Valley, a very high, very large arched bridge. And when they widened the 405, that bridge had to come down. And the contract that the city and the state had with the, with the um, actual contractors said that you will, you will have 48 hours of that bridge down. And, and if you, and for every hour that the freeway is closed after that, you're going to get fined $100,000 or whatever it was. And so instead of doing it in 48 hours, they did it in 32 hours yeah. or something like that, because there was finally some financial incentive to get things done the right way, because somebody didn't own the bridge, but somebody owned the construction company. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on Right Angle.